He can run the baseline after a made bucket. That's the rule. Gets it to Kyrie. 2.2 to go. Throws up the three. And the Los Angeles Lakers storm back. It's their biggest comeback since December 6, 2002. And that was against the Dallas Mavericks when they were up 30. Good morning, Metroplex. It was fist pump time on the fan cam. That was the audio from ABC and ESPN as the Lakers complete the biggest comeback in the NBA this season. They were down 27, and they beat the Mavs at the AAC. Teams were 0-138 when trailing by 27 points entering yesterday. And LeBron and Anthony Davis woke up in the paint. Luka and Kyrie went cold. Kyrie's jumper was off. Luka was complaining and whining and pouting like he always does uh, with the referees. And the Mavs end up paying the price, and the Lakers are starting to build a little bit of confidence, even though they're the 12th seed in the West. Well, it's not even a play-in team at this moment. Uh, yeah, the, the terrible, terrible loss. I remember that other game. I mean, I was I was working oh. on the post game that night. Oh, what an... I was listening to you on the post game. I remember how dead... I'm, I'm dead serious. I stayed up late. It was my sister's birthday. Stayed up. It was a West Coast game. That was the year they started 14-0, so you thought, oh, this is the team, and then they get in there. It's like they're finally going to beat the Lakers, and then they just, I think they got outscored like 44-13 to 13 in the fourth quarter. Awful. This one, you stole Kobe's Gatorade. No, that 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 uh, that game was in Los Angeles, I think, that it, the Lakers came back and won. It was. Uh, the one I stole Kobe's Gatorade, we're talking 2009-ish. I didn't steal it. He just left it in the room. So oh. we, we would do the postgame show from this closet at the bottom of the, at the basement of the AAC. And uh, you know, every once in a while during breaks, we would walk outside, poke our head through. But we had a, we had a, like a visual of the door. So we said, "Kobe, come on in here." So he comes in, and we said, "Come say hi to Dallas." He goes, "Hey, what's up, Dallas?" And then that's it. And he left. But he had put his Gatorade down on the on the table, and we took it. Oh, did you drink it? No. What'd you do with it? Left it as a memento. You have it? Oh, uh, I don't have it anymore. Where, where? What'd you do with it? Uh, I think the ex-wife threw it away. You what? I think the ex-wife threw it away. Oh, that's sweet. That like, we don't need this anymore. Could have been worth something. Yeah, but I mean, you know, prove it. Prove it was Kobe's. We need DNA evidence. You know what I mean? That, that was the thing. Prove it's Kobe's. So the Mavs were <laughs> up 27 points. They end up blowing this game. Man, how about Jason Kidd afterwards saying, why are you blaming me? And we need to grow up. Yeah, I'm not the savior here. I'm not playing. I'm watching just like you guys. And as us as a team, we gotta mature. You know, we got a lot of new bodies coming back and we gotta we have to grow up if we wanna win a championship. There's no young team that's ever won a championship, uh, mentally or physically. And so um, just to see how we could respond, um, again, two and a half quarters, we're playing at a high level on both ends, uh, offensively and defensively. But what the Lakers just showed us is that it's not it's not a race, it's not the rabbit who wins, it's the turtle. And, and they, they work the game. And, and that's where we have to get to. We have to get better at working the game, and uh, we will. So we have to grow up. And also, I'm watching just like you guys. Mm-hmm. Well, the growth, the maturity, you know, complaining to the refs was brought up. We all, without saying anything, know who that's pointed towards. Tim man with Luca for the back and forth in the post. Jake Kidd mentioned that, uh, you know, I don't want to botch his words, so 
He, he said, uh, as a team, we've got to mature. We, we've got to grow up. And he mentioned, you know, getting distracted by the whistle. Is, is that, you know, what's your reaction to that? It's probably true. That's it. Did you feel like you got distracted by the whistle today? I know you were going to be the one to ask me that question. <laughs> I, mean, I think it's a fair question, though. Yeah, like I say, you know, it's probably true. So here's what I'm wondering about Luca and finally getting this figured out. You know, we always joke with people and we roll our eyes when people text us and say, don't say that. You're giving the Cowboys opponent an, an idea or you're getting in the players' heads. And we're like, they don't care. They're not listening. Bobby tries to tell us we're wrong. They're, they're not listening. They don't care. Like, you're, you're putting way too much weight and importance on our morning show. Right? We always say that. Mm-hmm. People think that we have all this you know, power, and we can give away yeah. secrets. I'm wondering if we could actually have that be true with Luka Doncic. The only way that I'm thinking Luka's going to stop crying and whining and complaining is if the media, if a Charles Barkley this morning, if a Shaquille O'Neal, if someone just, if enough people blast him, I wonder if that's the only way to possibly fix him complaining. Because he's is Jason Kidd talking like this to the media mean that he can't have that convo with Luca? Is he scared to have that convo with Luca? Or has he tried it and this is his last resort? Truckwreck.com text line, Sean. Let me just throw some of these at you. He's not wrong. He isn't playing. I love Luca, but I'm getting tired of his S, honestly. Uh, hey, don't you guys think this team gets tired of playing five on four after a Luca miss and a no call? Yes. It's about time Kid called about. This is why Rick Carlisle left. He was tired of Luka and his crybaby antics that destroyed the team. Really, no matter how good Luka is, it's not good for the team. I told you this a long time ago. Like, Wow, I can't believe Mavs fans are being critical of Luka. They, it's almost like Kyrie is the, is the fan favorite. That's what it <laughs> is. As soon what? as you get Kyrie here, it was going to make Luka. Like, that was one of the things I was wondering about was once Luca got here with Ky- or once Kyrie got here would Luca become a villain like he has no excuse now he, he has no excuse for losing he's like, the he's easy got- one to blame you've been here it for is. a few years we get tired of some of your stuff Kyrie's the new shiny toy and he was he led us to victories without you in there and so it's quickly gonna there's gonna be a bit of a turn here for a little bit by the way we're totally deflecting like we're coming up with two other reasons why they lost a 27 point lead we're talking about Luca complaining to the refs and um, the end of game stuff with the, kids. The yeah, end of yeah. the end of game stuff that they continue to butcher. Uh, maybe we should be focusing first and foremost on why they lost a 27 point lead. What happened? And number one is the Lakers were unrealistically ice cold to start their shooting. Like the Mavs, I was going back and comparing the Christmas Day performance against the Lakers. I'm like, I tweeted, the Mavs love the Lakers on Christmas Day on Sundays. Was Christmas Day on a Sunday? No, uh, Christmas Eve, Cowboy game. Yeah, uh, Christmas Day was a Sunday, yeah. But either way, they love threes against the Lakers at the double AC. They hit 18 on Christmas Day. Remember they had the 51-point third quarter? Highest scoring quarter in NBA history on Christmas and, and a league-best quarter this year. That's what I thought the Mavs were doing yesterday. Uh, Luka had 14-6-3 in the first quarter. Mavs were 7-13 from three. The Lakers were 0-10. Okay, the Mavs had 10 threes at one point in the second quarter. L.A. was 0 for 12. So that was unsustainable. That was going to fall off. What else led to them blowing this lead? Anthony Davis size inside. 
LeBron inside, and they got out-hustled by Jared Vanderbilt. We need to start there before we talk about butchering another end-of-game possession or Luka with the referees. Yeah, I mean, look. And, I and, think and we then, do. No, no, you're not, you're and, not wrong. And Christian Wood's minutes as well. <laughs> but look, they also scored 20 points in the third. They scored 27 in the fourth. Like, their offense went stagnant. Just go look at the final, like, you know, eight possessions. I think seven of the last eight shots were just chuck threes as the shot clock was winding down. Like, that's not, that's not basketball. It's modern basketball. It's not real basketball. I want to try and see. I don't see it here. I want to see what their second chance points were because I felt like the just the the offensive rebounds, especially in the second half, were just leading to way too many extra points. But, I, I mean, I think it's just comes down to they weren't hitting shots consistently in the second half like uh la was and it was again the size issue it was getting out rebound it's allowing jared vanderbilt at 6-8 to get what 17 rebounds or whatever the hell he got it's 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 about Kyrie not making shots luca not making shots it's about josh green getting into foul trouble and not being out there it's about jason kidd for some reason not wanting to put christian wood out there again glad we got javel mcgee when anthony davis is doing damage and someone named Vanderbilt is leaping over your entire team. By the way, first five games since the trade, Kyrie, 136 points, Dorian and Dinwiddie, 100 points. So Kyrie is outscored both by 36. Uh, They have 51 rebounds in Brooklyn. Kyrie has 20. Kyrie has 34 assists. Dorian and Dinwiddie have 31 assists and six steals versus six steals. So Kyrie is representing by himself versus the combo in Brooklyn. So while this game was ending, Bobby was in from the beginning. I joined this fight in the third of the fourth round. Jake Paul finally loses. How many people actually care? How many people watched? How many people followed? How many people actually care that Jake Paul lost to Tommy Fury? What type of text response did we get early in the show? It was just excitement that it's it's cheering for downfall i don't think anybody cares about tommy fury it was just let's see jake paul lose and i think that's what was most important to everybody which i i'm surprised i really did i thought the uh the script was going to be written in his favor <laughs> after that first scorecard came out and it was 75 74 paul so my brother calls me he goes oh the script got put out and i was like what script he goes um barstool or someone released it that Fury is supposed to have an eye issue in the fourth. Mm. And then he gets knocked out or loses in the eighth. So I was like, oh, my God. So I was interested. I was like, all right, let me turn this on in the fourth. And let me see if Tommy Fury ha- actually has an eye issue. But I said I was most interested in Jake Paul after. He is one of the best trash talkers out there, if not the best. So I wanted to hear what Jake Paul would say after finally losing. All respect to Tommy. He won, you know, and, and don't judge me by my wins. Judge me by my losses. I'll come back. I think we deserve that rematch. It was a great fight, a close fight. I don't know if I agree with the judges. I got a 10-8 round twice. So it is what it is, Uh, but this is the boxing. And look, I've already won in life, man. I've already won. I've won in every single way. I have an amazing family, amazing friends, uh, amazing work ethic. I've made it farther than I ever thought that I would and, and beyond. Um, so this is definitely a humbling experience. I'll take it on the chin, get back in the gym, and we can run it back because I think we put on an amazing show for the fans tonight. So the crowd started booing a little bit when it sounded like he was complaining about the scoring. A lot of people complained that the scoring should not have even given one round mm. to Jake Paul in this fight. He could have taken the third probably. 
from from what I saw. The other ones though were were all Tommy Fury. This is just like from the fourth through the eighth round. This is punches landed Fury to Paul. 13 to 2, 9 to 6, 17 to 7, 10 to 6, 8 to 3. So here's the big question now. What now? Does this suck all the life and the intrigue? Whatever amount you had, Bobby clearly had some type of intrigue, even though he hates Jake Paul. It was for content. <laughs> okay. Well, you still wanted to see him lose. Yes, I did. Does this suck all of that mm. out of his next fight? Um, Right? No, How long can no. he stay undefeated? How long can he stay undefeated? Oh, he lost to Tommy Fury. Okay. Th- this is his next fight. Yeah, Tommy's his next fight again. They, they they have a clause in there for a rematch, and he was calling for, yeah, we're going to get this rematch. Let's run it back, which there was a lot of. Because the only thing to me about any of this was the intrigue. And now, at least with these qu- level of opponents, the intrigue is totally gone. I do not care what happens in the Fury rematch. I didn't care about the fight until yesterday when I was like, oh, I got a free link to watch it, and it's happening yeah. during the Mavs game. If this was on a Friday night, Saturday night, I was not going to try to make any effort to check this out whatsoever. So you would be more likely to watch a kind of has-been MMA fighter against him than Tommy Fury? Neither. Okay. You got to spice up the opponent. The opponent has to be, like, really interesting somehow, some way. Um, But, no, I, I don't care at all. And then here's Jake Paul's second comment when the crowd started booing a little bit more. Honestly, I felt flat. I got sick really bad twice in this camp. Injured my arm. Um, so it wasn't my best performance, but, but I lost. I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying it wasn't my best performance. I felt a little flat. And like I said, we're going to come back and, and get that W. Don't judge me by my wins. Judge me by my losses. I'm going to come back stronger. Okay. <laughs> now what? Now what's the question? Uh, now it's just, I mean, how soon do they schedule the rematch? Now they were getting praise from boxing analysts yesterday who were saying like, it was not a bad fight. Like it it was, it was decent back and forth. He was so tired the last five rounds though. His legs were dragging. Mm -hmm. There were a couple, Sean, if you watched it, I know you saw like seventh, eighth round. He had these wild swings where he'd almost fall over because he was, he kept trying to hug. There was a lot of hugging in the second half of the fight. I can't believe that Mike Tyson and Cristiano Ronaldo showed up to this thing live. He's was, a big star, isn't he? I was so disappointed. The big YouTube star. Well, I mean, this is the to give cred- credence to this boxing attempt with that level of opponent, Mike Tyson and Ronaldo are showing it gets, up. It's been getting the, these setups, like you know, Logan Paul versus Floyd and Jake Paul versus yeah. like it's been getting eyeballs. It's been getting pay per views. It's it's something for boxing. I mean, and, and let's be fair. In twenty twenty three, being a big YouTube star is as good as being anything else. I mean, Jake Paul makes more money than a guy who or girl who Pat McAfee is is a, is a TV actor. I mean, he makes 50 million bucks a year on his YouTube show. I mean, uh, how how many how many sitcom actors are making 50 million a year? How right. much faith do y'all have that baseball has finally changed for the better after what happened this past weekend? That's next on the Home of the Rangers, 1053 the Fan. Uh, Chaz Chisholm is gonna uh, Chisholm is gonna start in center field. Uh, say what? Say huh? Huh? Sean and RJ on your home of the Rangers here with Peyton and Rai Rai on DFW Sports Station 105.3 The Fan. Uh, Chaz Chisholm is gonna uh, Chisholm is gonna start in center field. Is that Keith Hernandez? Keith Hernandez. <laughs> Keith Hernandez. 
The entire station, except for us, is in Surprise, Arizona. Why are we not there? Some Tolos are asking on the truckwork.com text line. It is uh, It is sometimes, the Rangers, difficult for them to get our stadium open at 345. Yeah, we do the show from the stadium. So from the stadium, and it's a, so it's a 430 start time. Um, so it's an hour behind us right now. And also, I mean, let's be fair, we're done at 9 a.m. The players are barely getting there. Right. So they don't. In order to get up to the booth, sometimes it's a pain in the butt. They got to force these guys to wake up early, or earlier than they want to. They got to get their lift in at six a.m. and all that stuff. The treatment. So sometimes it's a pain for them. Before we uh, talk about the overall changes, what is going on with the Cardinals and this umpire? So this is Oliver Marmol, and he is the manager of the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, and then, of course, the umpire is C. B. Buckner. Uh, well, he should be kicked out of the sport. C.B. <laughs> Buckner. Let's let's be fair on this one. Uh, Marmol went up to him and pre. Now these two have a history. Uh, they they have a history. Uh, so apparently there's some immature behavior. Marmol told reporters that Buckner snubbed him. He offered a ha- a handshake ahead of their three two spring training loss to the Washington Nationals. All three umpires. Including Angel Hernandez, who's hated by everybody in the world. How's he always involved? Always involved. Always. Uh, shook Marmol's hand and apologized. They apologized for Butner's behavior. Apologize. Uh, apologize. Uh, he approached Butner, according to him, with a handshake out of respect. And then he says, now I think he has zero class as a man. So the umpire would not shake the manager's hand before the game. Would not shake the manager's hand. That's completely inappropriate. You got to be suspended for that, at least. That's yeah. a that's a suspension. Yes, you're an umpire. You cannot show any kind of hatred, bias, anything like that. At the very least, he can never umpire a St. Louis Cardinals game again, <laughs> as long as Marmol is the manager. Uh, yeah, no, like I mean, because I I don't know if you can even have him do other games that might hurt the Cardinals, right? Can I have him do other games in the NL Central that can affect the Cardinals at the end of the year? Can you know you tie it? Just in general, yeah. You should probably deep? just you should probably just suspend him then. But, like, I mean, honestly, yeah. if there are questions about that, and that's just we know he has an issue with him. Who else does he have an issue with? Who else does he have an axe to grind with? Yep. That's really immature and stupid. By so, the way, I just want to say that if your initials are CB, I don't think you can go by your initials. Like, yeah, as a name. There, there's a, there's that's a, like a JC, JT, TJ. Like, you can do stuff like that. You can't. RJ? RJ, you can do. I like, I just think, like, there are certain initials where it's like, that doesn't make sense. What to about do that. CA? CA is fine, but remember CT, the guy in uh, was it Real World or Road Rules? Oh yeah, you can't do CT. This is weird. CB, yeah, or like, I, or like I always didn't uh, like EF ML car. Like you can go by ML. Mm. Yeah, it fit for him for some reason. Uh, apparently, the bad blood started uh, in August of last year in the third inning. CB Butner ejected Marmol, who was arguing balls and strikes in the dugout. After being tossed, he charged home plate to share some rather animated comments. Following the game, he accused him of questioning his tenure uh, in the league during their heated exchange, all with a smirk on his face. Aside from that, I think this was one of the most successful baseball weekends in a very, very long time. I think it was a tremendous win. Um, and it's it's kind of like what I said after the Mavs traded for Kyrie. Are they going to win the championship? No. But they're interesting. There must see in the Metroplex, and I now have to see what's happening in Major League Baseball with this new pitch clock. The fact that the Braves' first spring training game against the Red Sox ended with a pitch clock violation strikeout 
You could not have scripted the script. You could not have scripted a better beginning because it's like, what? What happened? Someone didn't get in the box. You have the countdown element of a clock, three, two, one, which everybody likes. The importance, the magnitude of a game being able to end Mm -hmm. in that scenario. Um, Cal Conley did not get set with eight seconds left on the clock. Automatic strike at bat over. Inning over. I love it. It creates intrigue. It creates something new. It creates excitement. It is increasing the pace uh, as they're trying to get these games to two hours and 30 minutes. We haven't even talked about the improvements from the shift that is going to be a a, a result of this. Of guys running the bases and a little bit more small ball. That's going to be fantastic. I think baseball could not have had a better debut with this new pitch clock rule choppy. With these games coming in with these times. Two hours, 29 seconds for the Rangers and the Royals. Um, And I think it's a hit. I think it's an early hit. Look, I, I agree. The The old saying, you had me at the logo. They did. They had me at the logo. I'll, I'll watch. I'm going to watch baseball regardless. But, look, Rob Manfred cannot do anything about the stakes of the game. He cannot do anything about how important each game is. They're not going to cut the season down. They're not. If they do, it'll be 10 games. That's not going to matter. Like In order to really matter, you've got to cut it to like 40 or 50 games. They're not going to do that. So, you got to do what you're dealt. You got to work with what you can. And improving the pace of the game... Uh, perhaps the time of the game. Like, are, are fans more interested? Would they be more likely to watch a game that's two hours and 30 minutes as opposed to three hours and 10 minutes? Sure. You know, but NBA games are 2.30. People don't watch them either. So, like, they don't want to give their time up if the stakes don't matter. Right. But if you're going to watch, at least watch a more a better product, a cleaner product. And when a guy gets the ball and just pitches, you know, throws another pitch real quick, you know, Max, Serge, Max Scherzer yesterday, or Saturday, one of the days, he struck out a guy on three pitches and the entire at-bat took 27 seconds. Like, okay. The, uh, baseball thinks there's so much fat in these games they can trim up. In the minor leagues, this is 8,000 games they did this in. 8,000 games in the minor leagues, which was about three and a half years. In 8,000 games, they averaged about 26 minutes of reduction. Now, are they going to have 26 minutes off every baseball game? Probably not, because... You know, maybe commercial breaks are longer in Major League Baseball than they are in the minors, you know, in between innings. Who knows? Also, a lot of pitching changes in between in the middle of innings and stuff. What's going to happen? I don't know. But at least it's going to get trimmed a little bit. And the pace of the game, you're going to have more action. I mean, you're going to have three pitches, four pitches, five pitches a minute. How big of a problem did you have with ending a game like this? Look, I don't think you should end a game like that. I get what Sandler said, and he's right. A rule's a rule. If it's a balk with 3-2 count and a balk and, and a run scores, that's the breaks. Know the rules. Um, but we're not, then we're going to have a clock controversy. Yeah, we are. Oh, we're absolutely going to have a clock controversy. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. I, I just look like this. Look. This cards at, umpire is going to cut yeah. it short by a second. At the end of the day, this is an entertainment-first industry. Um, I thought we were robbed, even if it was the right call. I thought we were robbed of at the Super Bowl. I wanted to see, and we all wanted to see, even Bobby, who hates him, wanted to see Jalen Hurts get the ball with a minute and a half to go and see if he can go down the field and get a field goal. We all wanted to see that. Uh, I didn't. I was happy they got screwed. 
But and, you, but you know, from an entertainment only, standpoint, only you because to see it was it. the Eagles. That's yeah. it. Yeah. But from an entertainment standpoint, you wanted to see it. Yeah. And from an entertainment standpoint, a three-two count in the ninth inning, a game seven of the World Series in a one-run game, and the team batting's down a run. I don't want it to end yep. on, a, on a on a pitch clock. You know, like. Yep. A balk Maybe is we can a, alter this for the playoffs like football does overtime. Maybe they can. Maybe they just get rid of it for the playoffs. But, like, you know, for, to me, a balk is, like, a procedural. That's an actual, like, skill thing. You know, like, yeah. you screwed up. A pitch clock, I don't know. I, just, I don't know. It doesn't sit the same. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm just an idiot. Of course I am. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't like the way that you end a game like that. Do it for one through 26 outs. 27th out. Man, you got to earn that damn thing. Good job, baseball. Very well done. I have not applauded you very much in the last three years. Great start with the new changes. I'm giving double thumbs up. We'll cross talk with KMC in surprise coming up at 940. Bobby is glued to his computer because Stephen Jones is talking. He is. He's talking out in Indianapolis. It looks like, just from what I can tell, I think this is just talking to Todd Archer because Todd's the only one I see sharing these quotes right now you think we can get jerry to pay for us to go out there wasn't weren't the cowboys upset or mad that we didn't go to some event not us but like the media oh um, senior bowl last year yeah no they, they were i think they were just i think jerry was a little miffed that like only two people wanted to show up to senior bowl to talk to me this you is think not we could normal. talk him into flying us out we should would you rather go i mean no doubt we'd rather go to indianapolis the mobile oh but, my god but there'll be oh, a, Indi- although you mobile. I, sean you both would thrive in Indy during combine, well, I love I love Indiana just, anyway. But like going Man, into like I don't love Indianapolis. Go, like going Indiana. into the bars and like hobnobbing with like agents and coaches and stuff. You guys oh, yeah. would you guys would thrive there. Yeah. So, couple quotes. And I here. love shrimp cocktail. Would you yeah. like uh, dealer's choice here? Would you like quotes on Amari Cooper, Dak Prescott, or Tony Pollard? I don't care about Amari anymore. Well, it's not about it's about how they replaced Amari. Uh, let's didn't. get to oh, CD Lamb. Let's get to Tony Pollard. Okay, Tony Pollard. Todd Archer says, Stephen Jones wouldn't get into the Cowboys' upcoming decisions regarding Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, but said of the franchise tag, we're not afraid of the tag. End of the day, we'll probably use it again this year. So that seems to be an indication that he will be there. Who uh, was another tag candidate? All we've done is talk about Pollard. Could be. I mean, if you wanted to tag Schultz again, you could. Yeah, okay. So he talked about Dak Prescott, said, you know, we know him. We know what he's about. Leadership skills are undeniable. Impeccable work ethic. Other than he hadn't won some key playoff games, he's everything you want in a quarterback. Mm. He then follows up and says that in terms of their plan this offseason, he says, we have to have a plan to ultimately extend Dak. So oh. that sounds like a commitment oh. to oh. get the extension done. And on uh, Mike McCarthy calling plays, he says, uh, obviously, he's the head coach of this football team, and he made a compelling argument that making him the play caller was going to help us. I mean, that's part of the coaching. Be one click better. He feels good about it. He's had a lot of success as a play caller. So lots of lots of chatter coming out of there. And he acknowledged so that. So McCarthy sold him. Yes, that's what it sounds like. Now the question is, did he sell him after the departure of Kellen Moore? Or was this like, hey, we should get rid of him and I should do it? Or was it once he was gone, McCarthy said, well, I should be the option. That's the question. And he did say, looking back at the decision, it's probably fair to say they didn't do enough to replace Amari Cooper last year. Oh. Which is, I think, a new oh, yeah. 
a oh, new position for him. He said, I think Gallup, we should have been a little more conservative. Most guys coming off an ACL, especially skill guys, maybe takes a little time. I think Gallup's going to be back. But getting a little confidence in our drafting, thinking Jalen Tolbert could step right in and do some things, I think it just sometimes it takes a little longer with the receivers. Well done. There you go. Bobby Bell. Thank you, Todd over, Archer. All over the Cowboys beat from Todd Archer. And we'll preview Bobby's trip to Indianapolis in a few days. Let's head on out to Surprise, Arizona, the site of Ranger Spring Training. Really? We get charged for a second chips and salsa? Let's crosstalk with the KMC Masterpiece next. All right. We can see the KMC Masterpiece. What is uh, Corey holding up? Is that a Tolo sign? I think that's a Tolo sign on the fan cam. But right now, we are working on communicating with a KMC Masterpiece. As we're on the Zoom, I see Kevin Hagelin. I see Corey Majors. I'm just dying to ask about these chips and salsa uh, that the guys were not able to get free refills on. Major problem. Uh, So we'll try to connect here from an audio standpoint as they are at the site of Ranger Spring Training brought to you by Sonic. Mm. Good. Mm. There we go. Just lost your sponsorship. It'll have to be me and Sonic moving forward. There's Mikey Bassick as well. Man, I want to hear a Mike rant on the Mavericks. We have to get Mike to call in during yeah, cross. At the very least, Mike should call. I want to hear what he made of Jason Kidd saying we need to grow up. Was that a shot at Luca? Is Mike going to go off on a Luca referee tirade? How's that going to go down? Uh, so our Rangers spring training coverage is coming up. Brought to you by Sonic Alabama basketball update. As the most tone-deaf team in all of sports strikes again. What happened? Um, Let's see. How would I best describe this with the University of Alabama? Uh, Brandon Miller, uh, their star player, future lottery pick, uh, has been implicated. We know this. He brought the gun uh, to Darius Miles that killed Jamea Harris. Uh, He is not being charged with anything. But in the pregame, he's still playing. He is not suspended. They haven't suspended him. In the pregame introductions, uh, Brandon Miller decided to go out there and a walk-on who has been doing this quite a lot this year did a pat-down on him. Mm. Patted him down. They've, now, been, they've been doing this. They've been doing this. They've done it several times this year. Um, now, in a vacuum, fine. Fine. Uh, a week after it came out that you brought the gun to the guy... All these, killed a girl? All these people have forgot that this young woman is dead. She's dead. Yeah, people have forgotten this. They, the, the, that basketball program, that yes. school, that team has all forgotten that this woman actually yeah. lost her life. They have. And so this guy, this, this walk-on, patted him down a week after this came out that he brought the gun, like completely tone-deaf, completely inappropriate. And, you know, look, he's still playing. He's a great player. The guy is just a dominant force. And Nate Oates, who's already stepped in it. Stepped in it again. With his first press conference, was asked about the pat-down after the game. Before I get started on the game, it, it was brought to my attention after the game about our pregame introductions. I think that's something that's been going on all year. I don't really know. I don't watch our introductions. I'm not involved with them. I'm drawing up plays during that time. Regardless, it's not appropriate. It's been addressed, and I can assure you it definitely will not happen again the remainder of this year. Okay, look, he may not have any of the pregame introductions. He may not even watch them. But sidebar, if you're drawing up plays 11 seconds before tip-off, you've probably already lost. 
Like, should you, shouldn't you have been drawing up plays, I don't know, the week of the game as opposed to right before it? You're just coming up with plays on your whiteboard? Come on now. How dumb are we? It's just it's the wrong answer. Like, even if it's even if it's true and he he genuinely, I had no idea. what I, Like, that is the lead is not, I don't really know what's going on. I'm not paying attention. But, you know, obviously it's inappropriate. No, yeah. just be like, that was, that was completely inappropriate. Yeah. I, to be completely honest with you guys, I don't. Don't generally see what the guys are doing during their warm-ups. So I was unaware of this. Had I been aware of it, we would have had a discussion in advance. You know, Brandon understands this was poor optics. He understands that, you know, we we can't operate like this and we are not going to do it again. That's all you have to say. They they continue to flub every single response <laughs> to this. Like, are you telling me he's not aware whatsoever of what Brandon Miller does coming out? And like you said, even if you're not, then go ahead. And just answer it like that. So that's the uh, that's the situation taking place for the Bama basketball team. And and the unfortunate thing is, it is overshadowing a tremendous season that they've had. Uh, and he is he is the truth, man. He is as good as it gets. But he's he's kind of a knucklehead. And that that team is legit. They're a legitimate title contender. They're one of the you know half dozen to ten teams that could win this thing. Maybe a few more. Maybe a few less. Uh, but but they they can't get out of their own way right now. Who was the last program or, or organization to screw something up so royally? From like PR this? Uh, yeah, over and over. I mean, like it's, it, strike, it strikes. <laughs> yeah, there's Baylor. It strikes me as very Washington Commanders, to be honest. All right, let's talk about this development. This team is so boring to me. I've like kept them out of the. I've I've had a story about Justin Fields for two weeks, but I just never bring it up because they're so boring. So. The Bears are leaning towards trading the number one pick, according to Adam Schefter. Now, before that story comes out, there are rumors that Justin Fields is going to be dealt. Well, now apparently Justin Fields is going to be taken off the table. So as we try to tell the Texans fans, now you could possibly get leapfrogged from getting your next franchise quarterback, or now you have to pay a lot more because Lovey Smith whether he did or not, maybe decided to screw you at the very end of the season. So the number one pick is leaning towards being up for sale, according to Adam Schefter, and they're going to stick with Justin Fields. Yeah, and look, let's just say the the Texans, and and I don't know what the right move here is. Maybe the right move here is to do nothing if you're Houston. Let somebody else pay the premium to go up and get a quarterback, and you just take the other one. There's going to be two of them. You're either going to get Stroud or Bryce Young. Yeah, but if you don't like one of them. Yeah, but what are the chances of that? I know now. I know Casario does not like shorter players. Yeah, so he may not love Bryce Young, but well, I, if somebody leaps you and takes CJ Stroud, just take Bryce Young and sh- go with it. Sure, but and obviously, I get these are two different prospects. They're not anywhere near the same. Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are nowhere near these guys' comparisons. But it's the same thing that the Chargers probably thought, which is like, hey, let's uh, the the Colts will take whoever they want, and then either way, we're going to be left with a great quarterback, and they were left with Ryan Leaf. And it didn't work. And so, I mean, if you really right. like somebody, I got to feel like if you're going to be paying somebody millions of dollars, things like that, you don't want to just settle for, well, we'll just take whatever's left over. I think you want to pay the premium, make sure you go get whoever that is. All right. We may have to be doing the KMC Masterpiece show. Uh, Sweet. So since we're going to be doing uh, their radio while they get the audio worked out, I had to get Bassick on here <laughs> uh, o- over the phone right now. Mikey. Okay. Did you watch? Yeah. Were you on the flight? Were you traveling during the end of Mavs Lakers or Mavs Lakers? Traveling and Wi-Fi. Southwest Airlines could not get their Wi-Fi to work on our plane. So Dude. I did not get to watch the game live. I read a lot on 
YouTube, you know, 15 minute recap. I talked to my dad about it and he was like, you could tell we were going to die a slow death. We, you know, he's like, and the phones don't even <laughs> the mask. My phone doesn't work either. No, it's cutting out. It's cutting out a little bit. Let me walk outside. Is walking outside better? Yeah, sure. Why sure. not? Get your cardio, Mike. All right, I'm I'm outside. But my dad said, I'm just going off of him watching the 15 minutes, and I know I read a lot on Twitter. He's just like, if Anthony Davis is healthy, the Mavs can't beat them. Right. And he decides so to show true. up. Mike, what did you make, though, of Jason Kidd in the comments? That, no, number one, you know, I'm here watching just like you guys. I'm not the savior. And then what many people thought was maybe a shot at Luca complaining to the refs of, we have to grow up, we have to mature. Did you read it that way? Yes, I read it both ways. I don't think Jason Kidd was taking a shot at himself, but he definitely took a shot at himself. That he's like, I'm just here watching. Like, no, you, you're, you can't say that. I, I get at times you can't help. Like, as, as runs are going, you're trying your best as a coach, but you can't go out there. And it makes me always go back to this. In the history of sports, name the Hall of Fame player that is a Hall of Fame coach or a guy who's really good at it. It's very tough. Larry Bird? In Indiana, but like if you look at Magic Johnson, Jason Kidd, just keep going down the list. Bill Russell, I think, you know, when he stopped being a player coach, when he was just coach coach, like the greatest players really struggle. Ted Williams going baseball, like most best managers or coaches are not the best players because they struggle with the average player to understand them. Now, I know Luca. I'm glad he's taking shots at Luca. I'm sick of it. Like, I'm totally sick of Luca. He can't play basketball. Like my son told me, he watched the game. He's like, man, Luca was awesome in the first quarter and then didn't do much the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, well, that's who he is. All it, It's not even the other team that distracts him. It's the referees. Yep. You're almost 24 years old in your fifth year in the NBA, and you're one of the best players in this league, and you still – can't get over the refs. And I know the ultimate Homer mass fan, Sean will say all players complain about the refs. It's not even close. It's not even close to how much that kid complains to the refs and he can't let it affect him that much. So I'm glad Jason kid without saying his name, I wouldn't have mind if he said Luca, yep. you know, but I do think he did call out Luca. I don't like that. He's like, I'm just here watching. That doesn't help either. You know, uh, what about the end of game situation? Another play that they butcher in these moments. So one play in particular, I know that they threw the ball to Luca and it got, t- that's horrible. Like that's part on the coach. We don't have an, a side out of bounds play. <laughs> uh, you know, like there's how many times that's like, it's happened like eight times this year, Yeah, you know, and it's cost us like five times. Sometimes we get lucky and they, they call a foul. It's like, we don't have an out of bounds play from the side. That's pathetic. Jason kid. You know, and I do think they had to get rid of Rick Carlisle, but I'm just wondering if Jason Kidd, like you could have had almost anybody, as long as the players liked him, to come in after Rick Carlisle and for everybody to be kind of happy. And now we're starting to see the major warts of Jason Kidd. But Kyrie Irving has to understand he has one NBA basketball player that should be on the court the last five minutes of NBA basketball games. Luka Doncic. Do not pass the ball to Reggie Bullock. Do not pass the ball to any of these chumps. They are chumps in the NBA. (laughs) And so – 
when Luca posted up, if you remember this play, Luca posts up. They're kind of playing back and forth basketball. Luca draws the double. He kicks it to Kyrie with six seconds on the shot clock, and he has a one-on-one opportunity. He immediately swings the ball to Reggie Bullock with four seconds. And Reggie Bullock's like, you know I shouldn't be in the game right now. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. And he just slings it up, and it barely hits the rim. It's like, dude. All of these guys are not NBA basketball players. We have two NBA basketball players on our team for the last five minutes. Then we have to throw three chumps out that are seventh to 10th men on real NBA basketball teams. You cannot. That's when people are like, Lucas selfish. Kyrie's going to find out. These guys are horrible at basketball in the last five minutes, <laughs> and you have to do it on your own. Mike Bassick, the KMC Masterpiece, live from Surprise. Maybe. They may be on at the top of the hour. We may be doing the show for them. I mean, we need to find out what happened with Peyton. Oh, that's right. Mikey, thank you. We appreciate it. Peyton. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Mike. Peyton, turn on your mic real quick. Have you corresponded with Jane Doe since our segment during the Expressway? Yes, we have. And she took everything really, really cool. She was fine with us talking about her. She just said, you know, the no, no name dropping is perfectly fine. So we're good. She's sending laughing emojis. We're fine. You oh. see how he went rogue? He, he don't need us anymore. Yeah, he don't need us. So, bro- so send us some screenshots. What, what happened? What happened? I'm tired of your screenshots. No, oh. more, no more screenshots. Oh, wow. wow. You got oh. my word and my word only. Okay. Damn. <laughs> you, you, you see, this is, what, this, this is probably how serious he gets in a relationship. He's probably the type that stops talking to his friends. Yeah. He don't go out with the rest of the group. He yeah. just all of a sudden married up. So he throws us to the fire just like that ruins all the segments for the rest of the week yep. and now yeah. we're Jane, I, I don't know if you're listening. I would say that we've all kind of spotted some controlling tendencies in Peyton here in the, <laughs> just She's on a day-to-day, right day-to-day, day-to-day basis. If anybody could, uh, who knows who we're referring to, could send this segment to her so they can hear uh, that this is just who Peyton is. He's shown his true colors now. Did, right. did you do the Kahlua uh, National Kahlua Day line? No, I didn't. Oh. Not yet. We're all not right. there yet. All right. In all, in all seriousness, amongst us three, uh-huh. are the text updates that he's going to give us over the screenshots? What do you think, Bobby? Oh, I think he'll be. I think he'll accurately portray it to us when he gives us. I think he'll just. He, he won't. He, he will leave texts out. He will not tell us certain things that he said. Yeah. Or he'll do. He that. feels like he's betraying her. Betraying her. Confidence. No, he feels like we're betraying him. <laughs> I, I think. I really think we've done him a, a, a favor. And he's ungrateful. He is ungrateful. We told him, hey, let it lie. You're done for the night. You're in. You're in. You're 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 grounded. Put the phone down. Yeah. And he did. And what happened? It worked. We beat him up at 720. Yeah. We made him appear like a sympathetic figure. Yeah, I told you. Pity's underrated. Yeah. Girls Emphasis can... on the simp. And now look. Yes. Now he really thinks he's better off without us. Okay, fine. All right. Uh, all right. We'll be here Maybe. to uh, start off possibly the KMC Masterpiece. Live from Surprise. Brought to you by Sonic. Mmm, good. (laughs) Next on the fan, idiots.